Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good. So if you wouldn't mind just holding it close there. You got it. Is this too intimate? Is this okay? No, all good. <laughs> so uh, we, we were just chatting upstairs and downstairs about appreciation and humility and trying to make sense of the, uh, you know, the chaos and the of life, the damage that sometimes this industry can do. Um, you've obviously walked in the fire with so many amazing groups. Thank you. Over the years, I want to try and cover it as much as possible. But first of all, as a kid growing up, what was your ignition moment where you heard or saw something and you went that's where I want to go in my life well I think ultimately I mean just you know being a music lover I came from a family that had no musicians in it whatsoever but my parents listened to a lot of music so I was always you know they had vinyl and you know the radio was always on and when um, did you grow up I grew up in the South Bay I grew up in Torrance California Gardena right there was born in Torrance and I grew up in Gardena um, in California, Southern California. Um, so it's, I just, it's, it's, it's weird because I always had this love for music. I just, I was instantaneously always, anytime it was on, it was like, I had this thing where I could really remember stuff easily too. That's what was kind of funny, you know, it was like. So you had emotional connections. That- uh, yeah, it, it, it's cause I felt that thing. I think that you probably do as well. Um, 
where you're you're moved. Something moves you, whether it's a sad song, a, a happy song, a, a shitty song. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like you're you're moved and and um, and was it lyrics or was it melody or was it just the whole package? It's it's kind of everything, but I think uh, it's um, I, I would have to say it's kind of equally, you know, the the all of it. But with that said. Rhythm was important, you right. know. I mean, so you the, always the felt drums, that. yeah. The yeah. drums were just, you know, uh, it was just. I, I, I guess it was in me, you know. I, I mm -hmm. felt it. I, and and it's funny how it all began because it was uh, a friend of mine had a drum set. I've told the story a million times. Who lived down the street and uh, his mom and dad bought him a drum set. And I went over one day and he was showing it to me. And I remember it was a red sparkle kip. I went in the garage. I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Oh, that's, yeah." I just checked it out, and I was like, "Can I play him?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, go play." So I sat behind him, and I just kind of started messing around. And I, I remember his mom walked in, and she goes, "Do you play the drums?" And I was like, "No." You already had it. I, I mean, I, I suppose that's what I, yeah, you know, I just had that thing. And then my parents always remembered. They said, you know, that typical story. Oh, you were always banging on stuff and tapping on stuff. Pots and, and pans. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the desk at school. But um, yeah, always. And <laughs> so basically it, causing a nuisance. And everyone's like, is he ever going to yeah, shut up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can't beat him, you encourage know, him, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, always, always, you know. Um, but it, but that's kind of how it all began, and that's what I remember. That's that's what I can look back upon and go like, oh yeah, it, it was always something about the drums and something about music and and just wanted to do it. You know that has stuck with me to this day. Who's the first band you saw live? The first, well, I mean, there was a. I think I think the first big gig I went to. Uh, I can't, you know, I'm trying to think like, I can tell you the first punk rock gig I went to was X, the Blasters, and the Gears at the Whiskey. And that X, was in. Fuck. Yeah. Los that Angeles! Was in, yeah. Fucking That man. was late 79, early 80, so right around there. Um, and that, but that's when I knew, like, that's when it was just immediately set. That's what I want to do, mm -hmm. and know? it was punk rock. That was the yeah. genre that. Yeah, and I remember I was with a, I was with a, a girlfriend's older sister at the time who took me, and she was like, I, "She was like, you like punk rock? You listen to it? I know you like. It. You want to go with me to Hollywood?" And I remember I snuck out, at my parents' house that night, went up there with them, and mine was blown, and that's how it happened. And you signed that pact yeah. right there. Yeah, I'm in. So, yeah. who, who's your first group that started actually doing stuff like? playing shows well the first band that I played with you know uh, was Wasted Youth LA's Wasted Youth um, and that was that was kind of a few years after I started playing friends of mine had been uh, you know we've been going to see a bunch of shows and bands a bunch of punk rock friends and I got to know these other kids and it kind of led to that and I started playing it felt, I came in after Alan the original drummer and that was probably late 84 I think 85 early 85 how old are you then well, I went on tour with them, their first U.S. tour, and I was underage, so I had to sit outside a lot of the 21 oh, really? and over clubs. Yeah, and it, your parents let you go on tour. Yeah, That's because amazing. yeah, it was. Um, they kind of knew that what I was kind of going after at that point. I think, and I must. I think I must have been about 18 at that point. That must have been about 18. Did you have your head screwed on in the sense that you wanted to try and make a? A path not necessarily a career but a no and that's that's no, what I tell right. everybody it's like it's weird because I knew I was I, I was actually as crazy as it sounds because everybody always says to do that but I was really living in that moment just this is it and then I was just next is you know what I mean I told them my parents were great they were 
totally supportive and I just you know went on the road for I think it was a month and a half whatever it was long for a first tour you know and it was in a, in a van and, and you know we we got robbed we did this that you know broken down and this and that but we finished it and we did it and it was awesome but you know I, it was I, a rise of passage day, right it was it yeah. and that's when I knew coming home it was like this is what I wanted there's do. no going back now yeah and there really wasn't there really wasn't because what's that documentary there's social distortion and maybe another wasted state years. of mind. Yeah, another state of mind. And that's it, right? That, do- that document to that, I think, is absolutely. Just, your van will break down. You'll get in fights. You'll, you'll you know, you'll encounter. You'll make friends. You'll lose friends, and this yep. and that. But you know, but it, if you finish it, if you finish it, and then you come home and you have some kind of a clear mind of just what you know, because a lot of times, and I've heard, you know, from and I understand this because it doesn't necessarily have to be just about music or something. But you know, when you do something, and a lot of times you're going, like, "Oh, wow, it's a total blur. I don't really remember much." You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, movie, this, that, whatever. But I know with that, I literally can almost remember every single second of that meal tour. by meal, yeah. moment by moment. Tons of that. Yeah. that. You know what I mean? It's like sleeping on the floor. Because you're the whole aware thing. of the importance yeah. of it as it's unfolding. And it was happening for the first time, you know, to me, and. I wanted to live it to the fullest. I, I suppose that's how I was feeling. You know what I mean? It's like I was young. I was like so. How was, old were you when you were doing? I was eighteen, I think. Right. Yeah, I was eighteen. Uh, I was the youngest one at that point. Um, so, were the rest of the guys in the band drinking and partying? Were you? Yeah, I mean, I was to... too. Everybody was. You yeah. know, we all were. It was. You know, it wasn't something outrageous, but we were, we were having fun. You yeah. know what I mean? We we're doing the typical teenage band on the road. You know, yeah, well, you, what and, are you going to do? Huh? <laughs> there's, yeah, there's a, <laughs> exactly. So, but I mean. You know, that's, I remember, you know, I, I was writing in a diary at the time too, which I just recently found at my parents' house because they moved and I went through a bunch of stuff. Oh, wow, and you was, had it. Yeah, and I still wow. have it. I mean, you know, it was, um, it was great. That's when I met, uh, that's when I, I had seen, uh, that's where I met all my buddies in the New York scene because we were in New York for a few shows. Did CBGB's matinee show, which was awesome. I played CBs. That's why you know Jesse, obviously because of that. that that's where I know John Joseph yeah. and Todd Youth and yeah. everybody and all that. All Jesse the, Mallon. Yeah, I know. What, what I didn't know dude. Jesse then. I met Jesse later, but I knew all those kids at that point. Jimmy Gestapo, all of them, all my Chicago connection, like Joe Kelly and Herb and everybody. It's like all these people I met, you know, along the way. Um, Isn't that the beautiful thing? Just to like take a quick sidetrack as well. <clears throat> the beautiful thing about touring is you get to tour the world and travel and make like fixes and local connections and genuine friendships. And, yeah. In different pockets, like me with today, what I was saying, with my friend, like you can just be somewhere that's so far away from home, and yet have like a, a moment that's absolutely that's the, home for them. Exactly. And the thing is, is you know, back then there was no cell phones, there was no anything, no you know, nothing. It was pay phones. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. But and addresses, we, like yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to write letters to each other, you know, afterwards, just to keep in touch. Hey, how's it going? You know, the scent, and um, and you build genuine friendships that way, I think, as yeah. well, because it's not as flippant and uh, non-committal right. as social media can That's be. That's right, and it's like over the years, I mean, through all the different changes and bands and times and you know, deaths, sadly, and stuff like that, you still remain somehow connected to these people because of those first early, early days, you know, and. For me, it was like, it It really, you know, I, I tell this to a lot of people too, you know, growing up in the South Bay in Southern California, you know, um, you know, coming up on punk rock and going to shows and meeting kids and all over California and all this stuff in the, in the late, you know, early to, to late 80s and stuff like that, it really, it schools you. 
you know, it schooled me in a lot of ways. It opened me up to a lot of different things, whether it be authors and, you know, bands and places and things, you know, and it was like politics, a, yes, ideologies, all of it, because at an early age, I just knew that, you know, I didn't want to just stay. And there's nothing wrong with somebody taking that path either. But I knew for me, it wasn't going to stay there. I, I had to go. I had to I had to go see now for myself. These things I heard and saw and said, now I wanted to go, you know. And, and punk I, rock's that lifeline, right? It's well, that it, opportunity it, for music, freedom. Music, punk rock, all of it, you know. I think music in general, if you're, if you're, if you got it in your, if it's in the mind that that's what you love and want to do, it's obtainable, you know what I mean? You can do this. And um, that's kind of how it was for me. These doors, everything opened, and I was just kind of like, oh man, it doesn't just stop here. You know, you don't, you know, start, you know, school and then it ends and then you get married and this, that, you know, for some people that's great and this, that, but it just, it keeps going. You keep growing, you keep learning, you know, and, you know, that, that that's how I try to live my life to this day. Well, having just met you, and we do very different things for a job, but there's a similarity in the sense that we're not a fixed full-time employee of any one thing. And yes. so when you get to the end of one experience, there's a certain mindset, I think, where some people would just go, that was amazing, and then they just settle there. 100%. Whereas I think with people like me and you, without assuming too much, is nope. what you're saying is yeah. you, you do one amazing thing, all that does in you is sets a light this drive this hustle where at the end of that one thing you go well then how do we make the next thing happen that's right and then it just keeps on rolling keeps on rolling 100%. you never worry about tomorrow or yesterday it's just in that moment today and that's keep the this thing going. you know and i think that if if like yourself you know i had to learn how um no it, because it can get a little bit cloudy at times. You of know? course, Because yeah. you get comfortable and you you think these these are the these people are my life in the sense, and that some are, some aren't, as we know, and as you find out rather. And so I think with age, when things keep growing, like you say, and if you realize it's time to it's time to take that next step and keep going, it becomes easier. It be, doesn't it become it comes easier to to kind of figure out a room when you walk in now, like oh yeah, I can. Yeah. I, I can kind of see where my people are over there, but hey, those people look kind of interesting. I'm going to go over, you know what I mean? It's like confidence fear, without yes. being a jackass. Yes. And that's not, it. and not, not being, uh, you know, held back by fear because yep. that's what it is going, moving forward to a lot of people and stepping into the, the unknown is uh -huh. very scary. You know, I don't feel like it is anymore though. And you're probably, I agree. Right. I'm the same. I, know I, I for a moment had to like this, oh, what now what? But it's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. I've been Keep here going. before. I know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Make it up. Fake it till you make it. That's right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, been my whole life. With the New York connections, is that where the Danzig invitation comes from? No, actually, the Danzig situation came about. Um, it, it, it's a real crazy long story I could go into maybe another time. But, yeah. Dude, um, I mean, I've got time. Well, it's I mean, only in the sense that I remember while when I was in Wasted Youth, a friend of ours, this kid, Jay Clark, he was a photographer and he toured with Danzig and he was, he's a good friend of mine who I still recently got reconnected to thanks to social media. Uh, so it has its good points, yeah, right? Yeah, I guess sometimes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but anyways, it, it, you know, I was always, as a kid, I was a huge Misfits fan. Huge, you know what I mean? Oh, sorry. Huge so Misfits fan as a kid. You know, saw him a few times, Santa Monica Civic, stuff like that, in, in, uh, early on. And, um, uh, 
so I was I was always a massive fan, you know. Um, but as the years went, you know, and same with Sam Ain. Saw Sam Ain, the Stardust Ballroom, when they did, I think it was 85 or something, and they did a Thanksgiving run show there. Um, but I was always a huge fan because I just. How could you not be? You know, right? it's, but it, it's funny it's because different. back then a lot of people weren't. That, that's what's really? strange, yeah. They rubbed you know, people up the wrong way, did they? Not, not, I mean, it was just kind of like, I don't Dude, come think. come on, we're doing a podcast. <laughs> I'll call I mean, you later. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Come on, get out. We're doing a fucking podcast. Get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I love these shirts, by right. the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, we're good. Sorry, Joe. It's the worst. But uh, anyway, so when, I, when, when the Danzig thing came about, I was in a band called Sugartooth at that time. We were signed to Geffen and... You know, kind of, it was kind of the early days of the grunge. Stuff, How important you know? and radical was David? Did you have many encounters with him as a dude who, like, kind of just, you know, Weezer, Guns N' Roses? Like, there's a lot of great groups that David, were on that. Who? Geffen. Oh, um, I think we only met him like once or twice. Right, right, right. Once or twice. I, so so yeah. he wasn't as he integral was a, to the overall. I mean, for the for that world, he was. I think right. for that, that, a little more the, the rock. Bigger, bigger rock yeah. type thing. Yeah, we were a little bit. But commercially, of kind of. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. going to make us some money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, but you know, we, we did a, you know, did a great record and did a lot of tours, that band and this and that. But, to, you know, it, it came to an, a kind of a, a weird halt, I guess. Um, and I was kind of, somebody had threw my name into the audition process for for Danzig who by the way Chuck Biscuits is my ultimate favorite drummer ever so this is so, a, this is a hilarious detail about your life because I was just reading up earlier Wikipedia jokes today it's and but, a lot of it's completely I don't know who wrote that thing. well, well like, the only thing it says about your personal life yes you know, you, you know, they break <laughs> it up into categories and it says Joey personal life he owns a drum kit Previous. The one and only, and it's very valuable, and that was the detail. I was like, I love that they put that. I, in I do his love personal that personal life section. Yeah, because all the rest of it is just almost <laughs> shit. I've when I've heard, sorry. You um, can say whatever you want. It's all good. Okay. But anyways, all correction though. I own two of Chuck's previous kits. There you go. Um, and they are very, valuable very, and rad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's the dude that put you forward for the Danzig slot. No. 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 Somebody I can't even remember who it was a friend of mine because this is what happened. I came while I came home from tour with my band Sugar Tooth, and was well, I went out to see a friend of mine's band uh, at Raji's in Hollywood, and he told me that he was trying out for Danzig, and I was like, dude, I was I was stoked for him. I was like, awesome, you know. I wasn't looking to do anything. I was in a band. I had a band that was on it, you know. and they're doing stuff, and it's happening, and you're and that's settled, it. and yeah, I mean, looked I've, after. Yeah, we, we had a deal, and we we're touring and doing our thing so in the morning a couple of day, a day or so later i come home and this is back before you know cell phones and stuff check yeah. my check my yeah, phone yeah, machine it, right? <laughs> yeah and there's a message on joey, there we've been calling all week <laughs> well it was pretty close it yeah. said hey joey here's your time to come in for the audition and i was like i was like and a phone number and call this blah blah with this person i was like what is this who is i was just I was like, I don't know what this is even about, you know. So someone's pranking me. That is, could have been. Yeah, it could have been. I, I for all I knew, it could have been my buddy who I saw. <laughs> yeah. Told me he was, you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> so, uh, I just like I said, I kind of 
tried to call a few people I thought may have done it and they didn't and then I found out who it was and I, I think it was an ex-girlfriend or something so I called the number and I was like uh, I didn't call anyone about this but you know I'm not really looking to and the, and the funny thing was was at that time Glenn's managers were also trying to manage my band just right. on a completely separate you know whole whole different uh, life's crazy yeah, like that yeah sometimes so I get on the phone with them I was like oh, I'm not really trying to leave my band and go to an audition or anything for anything but thank you I appreciate it and he was like well hold on a second this is where they kind of did me the management card they told me well I'm gonna tell you this right now you know yeah. and I only knew this probably had some truth to it because I knew they were trying to manage us we got taught your band's gonna get dropped in about a, you know the next couple of months they're not gonna give you money for the next record so you might as well start thinking ahead and I, so in speaking my speaking of which <laughs> yeah so in my brain I'm going like what an asshole yeah now I know this yeah I'm That's gonna have to go tell situation my band. That you're you know in. it's just like so he goes um I said well okay I, I just let me think about this they're like no no time to think what do you want to do your time's at Sunday at this time and this is now on a Friday I know and I only remember that because all weekend they were supposed to be sending music of the new record which was for and uh, a set list of stuff to learn and this and that and of course it never showed up so um, so I just I hung up the phone and I kind of thought about it and I called a friend of mine I was like what do you think and he was just like you might as well just go check it out you know and so I was like all right well I, don't, I can't you know I, I, don't, I haven't really I don't know any dancing stuff really I gotta you know start so I started calling up a few friends who had CDs and stuff and records and yeah put because it again people don't think about it like this well, but that's you can just, just go on Spotify and well, I mean, yeah. or YouTube nothing, you know what nothing I mean? like it's that like, right, if I need to learn <laughs> this show, I need to get those records that's exactly like, what I had to do <laughs> so I jumped in the car and raced around a couple friends houses picked up some stuff because the package never came that they were supposed to be sending me with all the stuff so, so I just kind of planned ahead and of course it never showed up so um, my call time was like on a Sunday like I, I, I almost want to say it was between 11 and 12 midnight it was like I was the last guy right because they were already on callbacks oh so the gig's very much not a guarantee at all 100% like you're just guarantee. in the mix of yeah, I mean, however just, many other yeah, people I mean most of them be, most of the gigs I went after have been like auditions and stuff I think one or two have been like you want this gig you know but, but you've had to fight for most of them yeah I mean you know just go Prove in it. and play you know and I think that I think I like that I like to do I work I know myself I work a lot better under those kind of situations you know where a little pressure's put on you and it's like absolutely time to go you know yeah. what I mean oh, and like, also no time to worry because the stress and the pressure distracts you from the doubt that's right you're like let's just get in there and yeah because it's like you know that mental tease can beat you down real quick if you just if you let it like with anything you know so anyway so I went in uh, and I was kind of checking out all the people coming and going I was parked across the street from the place you know just kind of making sure because I knew my buddy was going to be there and all this other stuff so I went in and uh, I remember John and Erie at the time were completely wiped out they had been auditioning guys all weekend and like I said they were on callbacks and here I am, the last guy coming in, you know, and they're just like, hey. At this point, they're like, ah, yeah, you know, it's another guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing the same three yeah. or four songs, whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, you know, because, you know, ultimately, you usually know between a song or two whether this is happening or not. And, um, well, you must know that almost more than anyone. Well, well, like, here's, here's the, I can say this. 
I didn't think I got the gig. Really? But no, I didn't. I didn't. And I told them, you know, and I went, I said, listen, you know, I just got the material. I just got the call. I was, you know, I think at that point I was the only one who wasn't on a callback. Um, and this is your first big audition as well. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. used to walk into that room and owning it. That's and, it. You know, I was over at Mates in North Hollywood and um, I went in and, like I said, did it. And I think we played like three or four songs. And, you know, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I just, I didn't think I did very well. I got through the stuff, and but I, you know it was more about arrangements and stuff at that time. Cause, you know they they asked me to learn a couple new songs, which I couldn't do because I didn't know. So I just kind of w- walked through them when they played them for me. You know, it goes like this and try to do something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah, you know, just make it up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, like that's really gonna work, you know. But <laughs> you know, you you can kind of figure out a little bit what's happening. But um, you know, but it was great though when I got there. Like I said. You know, what was Glenn like? In he the was great. Yeah, he was like, I, was I, his I vibe? you know, he was. He walked in. He was up, man. How are you? This not. He's like, yeah. I, I mean, I remember. You know, I know your band, Wasted Youth, and I heard this in a cool and, um, you know, again, it was like that punk rock connection thing, you know, which yeah. was, um, which ultimately Glenn has always said was a big part of why I got the gig. Right. You know, he really he knew I understood that, and of course, that's where Biscuits and him and Ariel came from. So there was that thing that kind of comes with that kind of a player. So, um, roots wise, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So and like a, a, a mental approach, yeah, like sincerity, you know, exactly. authenticity, absolutely. You ain't going to be a diva or a fucking. I mean, yeah. you know, it's like it's you walk in and you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the kit that's there. You're going to use it. The, you know, the, what's happening is happening at that moment. You deal with it. You know, whether it's good or bad. Um, uh, so. He came in. He was great, and I was just stoked to meet him finally. Like, all right, yeah. Um, Played the songs, and you know, they they were the manager was in there, and I think the last song I did was "Mother" or something like that. And we walked out. So, okay, cool, thanks. And they said, good, thanks for coming in, dude. We'll talk to you later. I walked out fucking on cloud nine, dude. I was stoked just because I got to play with jam with the dude. You know, yeah. Yeah. It was like you know, it was John, Erie, and Glenn, and it was you know, I was obviously coming in after my hero which was hard but you know it's biscuits and i was just like this is this is the best you know mm-hmm. what i mean this how old are you at this point uh i want to say 25 right so still a kid really yeah. young 25 i think it was right around there 25 so uh that was it i went home i jumped in the car with my girlfriend at the time and she was like, it sounded great. I was outside. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, whatever. I was like, I don't think I got it, but I had a great time. And it was awesome. And I honestly, I did not think about it a second longer. It was weird. It was bizarre. We went home. We stopped to get some food before we went home. Went to bed. She I almost think if you put too much expectation and hope on something, you know, a if you don't get it, it's the most crushing feeling in the world. Well, I think you just uh, as you learn with okay. There's a weird thing that happens, like you said. This was my first real big audition with somebody with this, you know, fucking in, international yeah. world touring band at the height. So I wasn't, you know, I had been touring already a few years now with you know Wasted Youth and then now my other band Sugar Tooth. So I, I. I know what it's about, and I and I know I, I just recorded a record, and we've been so there isn't this really, really 
thing that where I'm going, there's so much at stake. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. But there's also this thing that's just like, all right, well, if it, if it's if it happens, it's cool. If it doesn't, I got I'm in my band. So I didn't really like go there. You weren't chasing it. No, there's no like desperation or need. Yeah, and as much as I, of course, I wanted it, mm-hmm. and I would You're love to have like this. Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. I just was like, you know, I was still cool with. I gave it my best shot. Good, I'm done. I'm glad I did it. And that's what the, that's what I said. I was like, I'm really just glad I did it. Because I wasn't about to do it. I was about to not go, you know? And my girl at the time was just like, come on, you got to go. You got to just do this, you know, whether you get it or not. So the next morning, I remember I got up and um, I think my girl had left. Uh, she, yeah, she left in the morning and she went to do whatever thing was at the time. And I'm, you know, I'm at my house or my, my apartment and the phone rings and I'm hello and it's their manager. It's like, hey, John, hey, Joe, it's John, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I got Glenn on the line. And I'm like, Oh hey, and they're like, um, so great job yesterday. Thank you for coming down, Glenn. This is Glenn talking to me. You know, um, you got the gig, and I was like, I'm lying there, like kind of. I was awake, but I'm just lying there in my bed, going like, holy shit. I'm just kind of like, really? I go, no. Nah. You know, I said that too. I'm like, really? Like, yeah, like, yeah. Cool. And Glenn's super. He's he's great. He's super excited and just like yeah man you got the gigs and john's like okay dude uh i need you to send me your lawyer and i need you to send me uh blah 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 if you, your lawyer if you have one we can get this deal done and blah 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 and this and that and photo shoot tomorrow and then rehearsal the next day and then show the following day oh <laughs> straight in one two three fucking <laughs> and it's funny because i found out why and how that's when i first got my taste of what these the industry of people are yeah yeah you know Shoved it on me and didn't did not give me a second to think about it or breathe or hesitate or talk or nothing, and I was like, oh well, I go, you know, and I was like, uh, well, I I still gotta call my band and that, and the guy goes, no, dude, clock's ticking, gotta know right now, you want the gig or not, mm-hmm. you know, and and I was just like, it's like magicians, isn't it? Slight of hand, hundred percent, mind you, over the phone, so yep. I'm going like, uh, you know, yeah, okay, sign me up, I'm in, that's yep. it, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm down, where I gotta be, and be at this place tomorrow, um. And for the photo shoot, rehearsal the next day, show the following day. I'm like, show. Call back in, you know, half hour. Uh, the assistant's gonna give you all the details. I'm like, assistant. I'm like, okay, cool. Hang up. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, dude, I got the gig. So I jump on the phone. I'm trying to call my chick at the time. I called a couple friends. I'm like, man, I got the gig. I got the dancing gig. Like, no way. It was like, dude, that's great. They're like, what's the deal? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm going in. I don't know, but I'm in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then I go, nuts? yeah, I go. I gotta, you know, I gotta rehearsal. Uh, the next a photo shoot tomorrow rehearsal the next day uh, I think in two days of rehearsal and then a show so it was a free show at the whiskey because they were getting presented with their gold records for um, for live no for live right right, right. Um, thrall they were they had you know mother and mother took off this, mm-hmm. out with the video and all that stuff the Halloween show so they were getting presented their gold records and they were releasing no 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 they were doing the gold records. And they were going to do a free show, and then the record was going to come out. I think a week later with the Tower Records in store, so or something like that. Or there was an in store after that show. I can't remember something like that. So I'm like, holy shit! So I was like, what? Well, I told me, you know, I told my couple of my buddies, and then I called my lawyer because I I wanted you did to did have one then. I, well, the band had one. Right, my right, band right, had right, one, right, right. and I wanted to call and I wanted to ask him if that was true what they were telling me about the band not getting picked up and about the record and stuff getting dropped 
So you what, make sure you just not. I just wanted to make deep. sure because I didn't want to be not saying something to the guys when I had to tell them that I was going to do this, you know. Because in my brain, I wasn't leaving my band. I was just going to go on tour with Danzig and yeah. come back to my band, you know. Just thinking that that's what that's was going to be. It was just going to be a tour thing, a cycle. Um, so I called my lawyer at the time, the band lawyer, and I said, "What do you think I should do?" And he said, "Well, I think you should take the gig." He goes, "I don't think you should pass something like this up. Um, the band's not going to be." Uh, making a record right away he goes you're not I don't think they're going to drop the band but I know that you're not going in to make this record as soon as you guys had thought how and fucked up is that that that's a lawyer well that that's all the that thing much, right you're he like, was huh? like I have to tell you you know and I was just you're saying a lawyer. he's meant to like, do the accounts yeah and I'm like <laughs> fuck man you know really so I made the call to my goods and I you know I called them up and I called the managers up at that time I said hey you know I, I got we got to have a meeting you know I kind of broke it down to the managers like you know and of course they you know they rammed it down the dude's throats right over like over the phone instead of letting me tell them and then I, then my phone starts blowing up before we even have the meeting and you know it just kind of got a little messy but we still sat down and you did know, you remain friends we did and I still am friends with two of them to this day um, it was it was a little broken for a minute and it wasn't in a sense of anything other than we just needed a little bit of time, you know, and well, you but, you were almost thrust into that singer scenario where they take the front man out of the group. Yeah, it was almost like that, right? Well, here's what happened. So, it like I said, it was you know, it went down, and I told them, and then I went on the road, and then I was gone. And then within that cycle, which was I think it was a good two and a half years, probably. Um, I went back and recorded the second record with my old band. They asked me to come back right if on. I could do the record and write some stuff with them and go in. We went in and did it with the Dust Brothers and stuff, and and oh, it was dude. rad. I had a great time, you know. It was like, it was just it, it fell right back into place immediately. You know, I did some live shows with them when I could, and and then they ended up auditioning a couple people, you know, because I, I just couldn't do both. And um, you know, like I say, we're friends still, you know. Um, I still talk to them all the time. You know, they still talk about <laughs> wanting to do something again. So, we'll well, see. You strike me as a dude, Joey, who seems to hopefully have good relationships with everyone that you've worked with. I try to. Like, absolutely, man. It's like, I I don't think, you know, that there's really any bad blood between anybody that I've ever played with, you know. Um, there's always that moment of when something goes down where, you know, everybody's got to kind of step away for a minute, let the dust settle and this and that and... You know, next time around you see him, it's a hug and a, hey, how are you, you know? And what well, a wise man once said to me that nothing ends well. Huh. Right? So when any, whether it's a relationship, it's a, a you know, a band, whatever it yeah. is. If it ends, that's going to be gnarly and there's going to be pain and And let's be honest, the and, word end is, the it's, it's final, it's done, yep. it's over. That doesn't necessarily have to be something to be angry about, but it could be sad or it could be, you know, there could be that time, I think that... We've all been in those places, I think, where you kind of know it's done and you're waiting for the other person to maybe say something, use some. So that kind of starts to feel nasty. And maybe, yeah, that's you know? when it gets mean. Yeah. Is when people don't have that courage or that honesty to just go, it's done, right? Yeah. That's cool time. Yeah. And then it's when done. it is done, then you kind of, it's the people that can't accept that something's over, I think, that struggle. Yeah. It's that anger. You have to accept it, don't sure. You? you know, and I've learned, you know, 
I can honestly this say this drink's delicious. By the way, it's so good. It looks amazing, <laughs> <laughs> like ruby red. Shit. It looks like a. It looks like a Jolly Ranch, a Jolly Rancher it watermelon, uh, just in liquid form. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know. So uh, I ended up, and I was and then from that point on, I was with Danzig. I was with Glenn for about I think seven years. What was it like working with that dude? Because I've met him a couple of times. I'm good friends with Casey Chaos, and he, ah, he's close good to Glenn. With Casey too. I love that man so. Yeah, he's much. a sweetheart. He's a great dude. Well, actually, here's a quick thing. Casey and Nick Oliveri are two dudes, right, that have a very bad reputation around the world because they're crazy, right, and they've done gnarly shit. And there's a lot of people out there who will trash talk both those guys, I think, for either behavior or stuff. That, but I you know, I know Casey well. I don't know Nick well, but I've interviewed him and spent time with him. And for me, they're two of the sweetest, yeah. greatest, coolest people <coughs> ever. They are wild animals, but Absolutely. that's kind if anybody, of... And here's the thing. This is what I've learned along the way. Because you were in Blood Club with Nick and obviously Queens, which we'll hope you get Me and Nick in. go way back. Me and Casey go way back. Me and Glenn go way back. And there's a thing. And, well, Glenn is one of those dudes as Absolutely. Well. I was just about to say. Yep. I've, I get that question all the time. More than, I get more questions about Glenn really? in my entire life, career and everything, um, than anything. Mm -hmm. Anyone or anything. And to this day. Oh, well, them wanting to know dirt and... Just that. What's he Negativity. like? Is he an, is he is he an asshole? Is he cool? Is he this? And to this day, you know, Glenn and I have remained friends. I just saw him recently, you know, at the Misfits show in L.A. How good a few that? times now, and it was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Um, I couldn't be happier for him. You know, he, it's so well deserved and hard earned. I have to say, um, but he's, you know. He's like my brother. I love him to death, and I know that if he'd do anything for me if I asked, and vice versa. And you know, he was he was tight with my parents, and um, I met his parents at the time way back, you know, and um, his brothers, and you know, Glenn is he he's. Um, it was, I I don't regret anything, and I have nothing but good to say about him. You know, there's ups and downs always with everybody, and that's and that's with everybody. Um, but there's, I don't really think that there's uh, anything that I could ever trash or, you know, talk shit on, you know? And it's the same goes for somebody like Nick, you know? It's like I, you know, Nick's my brother as well. You know, He's a we, special guy. He, he, and that's the thing is those kind of people, those kind of things uh, in general, whether, you know, no matter who it is or what it is, it's like if I don't think they're really doing any harm, you know, directly to anyone maliciously or intentionally and you know think people can say and do what they want i've never had this experience with I, any of those people you know uh well, same with casey as well like that yeah it, it, it's i mean glenn's different i think because he's just a bit more like marmite you either love him or you hate him whereas casey and nick are very much they're wild animals absolutely and <laughs> what happens when you contain try to contain a wild yeah. animal? Yeah. you know it's like and you know nick's my brother he lives down the street from me he's his girl is best friends with my wife it's like you know we have a long history and we play together in blast we play together in blood clot we play together in queens you know it's like it's 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 something that is um i don't know i've always I've always been put in places with people that other people think are mm -hmm. misfits or crazy and this that and and I don't have problems. I I love that. Do you know what I think it is? Is from what I know of Nick and Casey, is they both just had very tumultuous, dramatic, yeah. intense upbringings. 
which created a certain kind of psyche in them both where they're loose and they're a little bit unpredictable but actually which is the, awesome. the bad stuff that they've done comes from a place of pain and 100% you know what I mean and they're not bad fucking dudes no. they're just people that have demons they're not at all you know and I know um, like I say I don't like just as you're saying there's there's nothing intentional that is done you know to hurt anyone or maliciously say or do it's like it's just you know they're they're wild animals you know what yep. I mean it's like and, and they are not the first and they are not going to be the last um, well, I hope they're not. You know, but I do feel like people like that are a dying breed. Well, it's it's a dying breed in this area of chaos. Well, the times soon? is the times have definitely changed because um, that's know. not the done thing anymore, is it? To be fucking loose, like people. Now we're in this culture where it's like with smartphones. And well, I think that that's it's I, like yeah. Look at this guy; he's an asshole. Fuck that guy, and you're like, what? But he made great music, and he's loose. Let Iggy well, pop. Listen, like, that's the thing. I, I, I agree, but that's the problem with, I don't, and I don't even know if it's just, it more has to do with, and I don't, and I don't mean that in any kind of way, make anyone feel weird about what, but I feel like when I was a kid until it came, you know, when you looked at a rock star, for instance, or or somebody who was a successful musician in these giant bands or big bands, little bands, or well, even always, comedians and actors as and well, comedians and actors Just, as well, people in the spotlight, so to yeah. speak, you know, there was a bit of mystery because there wasn't this thing where you felt like you knew them because you were flipping through Instagram or Facebook or television twenty four seven where they were, all, you know, it's like. You, it wasn't shoved down your throat. You had to go find magazines. You had to go find records. You had to go find other kids who may have heard this or saw this and maybe, you know, been to a show and this, that, I, 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 I met him. Or the, it's like there was still mystique. You well, know? dude, let's look at two of the biggest modern-day rock stars today. Dave Grohl, Josh Hom. They're probably two of the biggest, right? Are they on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? None of that. Right. Right? And that's a telling sign, I think. But the thing because is, though... People still have that mystery. Well, but they're on everything else, though. You know what I mean? It's like, it's whether they're whether they are themselves on it, their image and their is music, and yeah. it's there and it's there a lot. You know what I mean? And and like I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's that's where the the audience they really feel this need. Like, you know, they have to know the next move. They want to know where they're going to eat. They want to know where they're going to shop. They want to know where they're going to play. They want to know where those kids go to school. They want to know where they're going to buy their next pair of sneakers. They want to know. It's like it's it's just too much information. Well, also beyond that, I think that people nowadays feel a sense of ownership over, Entitlement. over celebrities. Yeah, because they're like, I know this person because I know their every move, thought, dietary intake. Yeah. So then they call them up on it. Anyway, we could go down that road all day. Yeah. How does the Queen's call come about? What happens there? Um, funny enough, <laughs> a friend of Casey Chaos, right. Nigel Cop, who was a photographer with the Queen's and a good friend of all of ours. Because he's on that record, isn't he? Yeah. And fucking, what's the dude from The Dwarves? I love that guy, Black. Black. He's, hey, it's Kip Casper or Songs for the <laughs> Death. Yeah. Oh, dude, that album, I think, is one of the last <clears throat> great game-changing dangerous modern day rock like yeah huge fucking album. absolutely it's a and that lineup was all lanigan Grohl. great like, that lineup at that time for, right. forget about it right? right and that's right when i came in right at that point everybody was still there you know lanigan was there nick was still there myself troy and josh you know and it was like that for 
sadly just that cycle you know the nick obviously the end came for nick at the end of that but um ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But back to how that happened was I was... My band, that band, Sugar Tooth, prior that you know, prior to dancing, everybody, we had played a few times around with Caius and stuff. So I, I you know, knew Josh a bit here and there, and um, we had been re, we kind of became a bit reconnected when I went out playing with Goatsnake, opening for opening for the Queens in the UK, while they were on R, they were still touring R just before Def. I was went out with Goatsnake opening. And uh, so I hung out, you know, got to see him again and hang out a bit. And um, Are you a drinker, Joey? No, I had already gotten sober at that point. Right. How yeah. long have you been sober now? Uh, I want to say 22 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Cheers, man. That's a fucking yeah. healthy long stint. Good yeah. on you, dude. Yeah. So I got, I, got, I got sober at the end of dancing, the last two years, I think, of dancing. So, yeah. So, and going into Queens, I was already sober. So... Um, I was out, and funny enough, <laughs> I went to see. Um, amen. To, amen. Yeah. At the at the uh, Viper Room. Right. I on. came off came home off tour, and um, I don't know if I had spoken to Casey or maybe Paul Fig or somebody, and they, you know, heard they were playing at the Viper, and I was like, oh cool, I just got back into town, I'm gonna go check it out. So I went fucking there. Did that band at that time as well. Fucking great. <laughs> Loved them. Loved them. I was at and you like know Casey, a fucking a firework in a submarine. Loved it. And early <laughs> on, the first the early early stages of that, Casey asked me to play drums for that. Really? Yeah. But I was I was busy dancing and doing stuff. Um, but anyways, I had uh, was going to the show and I believe they had already played. And you know it was one of those shows where it was packed and by the end of it, I think Casey had fucking berated the audience for half of them. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were all gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds <laughs> was, like Casey. It was awesome. I was, yeah, of course I'm going, I love this. Yeah. It's great. So I was hanging out afterwards and I saw my friend Nigel and I was just kind of talking to him a bit and I was, I knew at the time that he was roommates with Josh and he was, and he said to me, he goes, hey, did, did Josh ever get a hold of you or anybody? And I was like, 
about what? He goes, he goes, they were looking for a drummer. And I was like, I thought they had already found a drummer. I go, I, I heard last that they had already found somebody. He gets like, no, there's a few people that have been playing, you know, playing with them that they're going back and forth through who are telling people that they're the drummer and the set, but they haven't really found anybody. But he was, he asked, your name came up a few times. And Let's be real as well, right? Because at that point in time, that record is fucking well, astronomically huge. Oh, the, no, the, the for, album wasn't No, out. Def wasn't out yet. They right. had just finished it. David went out and did the promo tour. Right. And Dave had agreed to sign on to do the whole tour. When they finished the promo tour, which I think was like two weeks or something, he decided not to do it. He, went, he was going to go do another Foos record. So, you know, they had, the record was dropping, the tour was booked, everything was loaded and ready to go. So they'd been auditioning drummers for a good couple of weeks or so. So I, again, I was just, you know, a fan, obviously. And, and I actually was at the show that they did at the at uh, the Troubadour mm -hmm. with Dave Drummond and everybody yep. for that. <clears throat> so I... Um, I just I said no, and he goes, well, "Give me your number. I'm gonna give it to Josh." And I was just like, "Ah, oh, dude, at this point in the game, it's you know." They're like, he's like, "No, I'm it's just gonna done. give it yeah, to him." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I had already heard that they had somebody, and I knew the guy. I knew the guy who said, who the, who he was telling people that he the drummer. I was like, okay, so I just gave him my number. So whatever. So a couple of days go by, and I didn't hear nothing, and I again didn't even think about it, and I was out doing running some errands. I, th I think I was actually at my drum company at the time going through some drums or something and I got a call and it was, I can't remember if it was, I think it was Lanigan. Does he talk like he sings? A bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tom Waits style. Fucking. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Mark I spoke to and he was like, you know, asking me what I was up to and if I could come play with the band and I was like, I thought you guys had a drummer. Like, no, we don't, but blah, blah, blah. You, you want to come down and play a little bit? And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, you know, just let me know what's up. So I hung up. I remember I was driving home that night from where I was. It was a couple hours later. I was doing something. And Josh called me and he said, hey, you know, you know, would you want to come play? Maybe we're looking for somebody, blah, blah, blah. Real just kind of short nonchalant and, yeah you know we both were just keeping it really easy and not like no pressure on either one of us and everything because I knew that it was it was right around the corner like literally it was days away that they were trying to do something so <clears throat> I was like that's the other thing as well if you come across too keen and overzealous it can turn people off right? absolutely but I mean at the same time I, I had you know again I'm in a band I have You're a gig it's like good. I'm not there's, I'm not like oh, I need this I gig. need this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and I was just a huge fan. I just have always loved the band. So uh, he was like, "Okay, let's uh, let's get together on the weekend." Yeah, I think it was like the, the weekend coming up. And I said, "Okay." He's he's. I'm going to send you some stuff. I'm, again, I'm going to send you a package of the new record, and then I'll blah blah. <laughs> You're blah. Like, I know this goes. I better yeah. get to Amoeba now. <laughs> Same fucking thing happened. Same exact thing happened. So I get. Um, I have all the old stuff. Thankfully, yeah. I can say I was an honest <laughs> fan, and I had all the stuff. Just didn't have the new record. So, uh, just as I'm getting ready to start learning everything, I think they, you know, and it was funny too because it was a bit of a nightmare because they sent me deaf 
on a burn. It was a burn copy of the record because it wasn't out yet, <laughs> and all the commercials shit. are on it. Right, so right. it was one big long song. I couldn't. Fa- I, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> so I was going. Oh, so you got to sit through yeah, those. Like, I, and it's I didn't know the, the saga title. songs. Yeah. For, you can't even feel it. You're like fuck's sake. Yeah, it's like other than the first song, it was like for the you know. Dude, that no, first fucking song, yeah, millionaire. <laughs> fucking a. So. Um, I'm like, okay, so we agreed. They gave me a time. I'm going to come down the next couple of days. I'm like, cool. So I start working on it, you know, and a day goes by. And then um, I get a call from Josh again. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry, but we're not going to be able to do this. My grandmother just passed away, and I got to go back to Palm Springs. I said, you know, right then and there, I said, no problem, dude. Handle your biz. You know, thanks anyways. If, this, if anything should happen, just let me know. He's like, I really... I'm really bummed, but you know I've I've got to take care of this stuff, and you know there's obviously no time. The tour starts on Monday. Um, I said okay. I just said you know let me know how it goes. I'll be I'll be at the I'll be at the free show at Amoeba, which is like that Monday was in San Diego or San Francisco. The next day was San Diego, and then the next day was a LA show, Amoeba free. The three free shows that fuck coming up week. This is like on a Wednesday or something. I'm like, okay, hang up. And that's what it was. No, I take that back. This is when Lanigan called me because I right. remember Nigel had got my number to Josh. So let me jump ahead forward now correctly. Lanigan calls me after you Friday been... after it was already yep. called off. It yep, was like yep. now like a Friday, three or two or three days later. And he's all, hey man. You mean, hey man. Can you do yeah? Hey Joey, <laughs> old scratch. He's like, I'm sorry, man, but is there any way you can make this maybe come play? I'm like, what? I go, what happened? He's like, Josh is just kind of tripping. He just kind of feels like if we, if we don't try this, it's gonna be fucking eating them the whole time. That that maybe we should have. We don't, we don't even know. We don't even know how it could have been or what it was like. Can you maybe get it together this weekend? I said, yeah, okay, just let me know the songs and let me know what's up. That's when the CD came because that guy never got the first time because they didn't send it because it fell through. Now we sent me the new record. And it was like I said, this big one long song. So I'm like, shit, now I'm trying to get this. So um, I said, yes, of course. I said, you know, let me know what day. And they said, okay, you know, Josh going to call you tonight. He's still in Palm Springs, you know, handling his family business. So I was like, of course, no problem. So he, he got back to me and he said, see you at Sunday at noon. I'm like, cool, send me the address. Um, I get home and I just start, you know, banging Skipping through. through that one track. <laughs> yeah, I made sure to hit. They told me, you know, obviously no one knows Millionaire, and I think it was maybe songs for the deaf. If if I could get to that, but I also had, you know, I also knew a lot of the first record because it was like my favorite record. So Avon was in the was in my pocket already. Regular and John, regular That's John, that. Yeah. all that kind of stuff. You know, lost up so. Boom. Yeah, and I toured with them all in R, so I knew the how the, the stuff that they were kind of doing and how they're... So, um, I went in on Sunday, got my shit together. I said, do I need a kit? They're like, no, there's a kit there. Just come in, come by. Just bring your sticks. That's what it was. <laughs> Just bring your sticks. So I get there, and the funny thing was is Josh didn't tell anybody except for Nick and Lanigan. So Troy had no idea that I was coming, <laughs> and I knew Troy, and I knew his his drummer who was one of the guys who was you know at the time trying out and got the gig so that's why it was kind of weird and it was it was just you know 
It was it was just that thing where you, you just throw it in, just right? yeah, again. I was just throwing in. I walk in the room and of course you got Alan Natasha there, who I've been a fan of in Eleven for years. And I'm like, oh great, all these fucking people. You know, first I mean it was just the band there first, and then they showed up and they're checking it out. So uh, we get in there and I'm just, just kind of set up what I had to set up and we clicked it off and it was go. And we start playing and we're playing and it's you know it sounds fucking heavy and raw and, and it's fucking louder and shit and we're like about a song or two in and you know Josh's like is there anything anything you want to play and I was like uh, to you I said yeah. I, <laughs> I said I go well, how about Avon because I love Avon yeah he's like okay cool start clicking off start playing it about halfway through he stops he's like okay cool man he goes thank you he goes hold on a second or I just thanks for coming and I'll be right back so I'm like oh, you know I'm thinking okay cool that was fun you know I'm packing up my shit sounds good he comes back and he goes okay dude um, come come on step outside and we gotta figure this out cause I, I, I gotta make some calls and get rid of talk to the old people and make some changes and I'm like what and he goes well can we talk business later in this time I'm like what and he goes yeah he goes we, we yeah. gotta do this yeah. I'm like fuck he goes I got to go back home. I got to handle some business. But can we get back here at like three o'clock? I'm like, okay. He goes, because do we got That gotta, day. Yeah, because the show mm-hmm. was the next day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, again. I'm like, okay. Split, go home with my girl. I'm like, I got the queen. She's like, why? Go, yeah, it's like, it's a, then it's out. You know, a few people all around LA all of a sudden found out. And it was just like, holy shit. Go in later that day. Literally, I think we started rehearsal from three in the afternoon until three at night, just pounding a set together because I had never even heard anything really. So I had to learn, you know, first to give uh, Yeah, well, we weren't doing that yet in the set. Right. So, but it was it was you know, no song, for knows, dead, song for the dead, song for the death, millionaire. No one knows. I think we're go still doing flow. God. And we're still go with the flow. So me and Josh started talking. He goes, "Look, dude, can you do this?" And I said, "Yeah, of course." The crazy thing was I had just come from the day before a Danzig video shoot. So I was like, shit, now I got to call Glenn. Right, okay. So I'm like, you know, this is going to suck, you know. You know that in your heart. Yeah, I just knew, you know. But but I also knew it was a time where it was time to go, you know. You felt that in yourself? We weren't doing much, you know, and it was, you know, it just wasn't, we weren't working as much as I needed to be and wanted to be, but. But I felt bad, you know, because he's my brother and this and that, and I didn't want it, so I called him, and it was it was it was it was a little weird at first, you know. Um, but well, it's that thing in that nothing ends well again. It's yeah, like, you know, we this I, has ran its course. I've got to go. Over but here it wasn't now. It, before I knew it; everything was completely back to normal. You know, I went to see him, uh, hit him up when I was on tour. In fact, and Josh came with me. Back then, this is way back. They were in, we were in Florida together somewhere funny enough mm-hmm. and I uh, they were on tour and I hit him up hey Glenn I'm in town is it cool if I come in she's like yeah come through come through I got me and Josh and I think Brody was with us too so we went and it was great just like nothing to that it's been right on track again you know so so that happened it was thrown right in tour started so they what they did was we did the free shows the first free th- three free shows and then we took a couple days to get to start working on the full set so the tour got pushed back two or three days, and then we picked up those show, those shows at the end of that leg, and that was it. 
and you go on tour and play the fucking as i said the last great i think era defining like cultural you know statement that, that guitar to me, music has that was has done, i think the last real right rock and roll record that made a statement and an impression to where it could not be ignored yeah it you know was like I mean? the appetite for destruction of its era yeah i mean it's like it was it was a big record it was a it, it was and i don't it doesn't even i don't mean i don't mean in a sense of numbers i just mean no. in a sense of of song quality zeitgeist capturing produ- and, yeah, I mean, yeah it was just it was a it was a time I feel like it was a weird time that was ending mm-hmm. for rock. Well, it was the end of the record business, really, wasn't it? And this new thing was happening, you know, and, and we caught that tail end of it. And I and I mean that record because yeah, we had all been everybody had been playing through those years, you know, between bands and stuff and keeping it real and raw, so to speak. But but you know, it's like yeah, yeah, you rode that fucking yeah. wave. Yeah, and it was, and it was insane. Was it unbelievable? Man. Was it everything you? It could was the absolute probably. That, you know, I know the lineup was just as great with 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 Grohl, but I mean that lineup too that we toured with. It was monster. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, I don't know whether it was Dean that said it in a podcast or whether it's something I read somewhere else, but he was like, if you imagine all those figures like fucking Lanigan, Troy, because Troy's got that you know individual look yeah. as well. Josh, Nick, just like, well, you know, you you play in bands fucking all the time. You're backstage at a festival and just seeing that crew. Dude, that's what I was saying. It was, we rolled area. in like a gang. Like it a was fucking, never, yeah. ever something that was overlooked. And it wasn't intentional. It was just the... And you weren't peacocking or fucking... No, yeah. not at all. We were the least of that. It, we, yeah. it, was, it was, at that point, Queens still had... A lot of its underground integrity, un- yep. underground punk rock ideas and mm-hmm. and ways it went about. We had a, you know, our sound, our gear, you know how we how we stepped up on stage, how the show went down. It's like it was, like I always say, we used to use this term a lot amongst each other. It was like really this controlled chaos that we used to do because we could push something. Speed wise, we could push things, you know, uh, arrangement wise. Everything got just pushed to the very fucking edge to where it was just about to fall off the rails, mm-hmm. and we could reel it back together. There was something that could happen where it just—it's Indiana Jones. <clears throat> it's when the thing goes up and lands yeah. back on the track for the last minute. It, like, it, it was it like could that go all the time. Off at any it, second, it was but, all the time. Yeah, and it didn't matter, you know. It, it, the insanity that was going on at that time and is as that well. fucking just drugs and chaos everywhere as well like obviously you're the sober guy but for the world wouldn't change it for all. I was and I say this to the you know just like I about with Glenn and everything else and you know it was you know they were my brothers and we all it was a it was a time that it's never going to come back it's never going to be recaptured it's just like it was just that time it was it was where everybody was mm-hmm. and everybody was there together and um, the perfect mixture of it was it was in combusting it, it, elements yes just. down down to everything you know so uh, and it was still it was still everybody was still having a great time it was yep. a lot of fun because it was still dangerous and it was still reckless and it was still controlled and it was still you know alive you know not that it's not anymore but it's different now 
Um, well, Nick said something interesting to me. He said that now there's players that are attached to that brand, and he calls it a brand. He's like, you know, we built this thing which is beyond a band name. It's like a Misfits or a, totally like Queen. And he was like, nowadays there's players attached to that that he said he wouldn't have wanted. Like you know, and linked, that's the thing. Him and that. I have talked about, you know, and because and, and, it was their thing, right? It was him and Josh that yeah. built that from nothing to what that level was. Then that was their combined joint. Vision Nick was and, the face, you know. Yeah. Nick was the face early on and stuff, and you know, and, and it's and it's not to take away anybody's creativity with anything either, because we all know, and it, it's regardless of, you know, skill how set and, things yeah. came to an end with Josh and I. You know, we're friends and we're cool, but it, you know, it got it got it came to an end, and it wasn't exactly the best way to come to an end. But I've I've never once ever said that the guy's talent is just beyond. You know, he's he's one of the best that I've ever worked with. You know, and and I'm always proud for everything that I was doing and a part of, just like I was with Glenn. And you know, there's a thing that there's a there's a real. Uh, feeling of accomplishment and making a mark and making an impression which is know? beyond success it's about yeah. legacy right and, and i and that's just it i've never to this day i've never been a person who was out to capture success i love what i do on all levels whether it's playing into a room of 10 or a festival of 20,000 30,000 bigger you know it's like it's the same thing for me it it is the absolute same same thing i approach them both the exact same way you know and that's to have as much fun as i can can possibly have to kick as much ass as i possibly can and we all know that things happen to where it's out of our hands some stuff is just better than others and some days are better than others but i don't ever go like oh well there's not enough people here or this, I don't like what we're on the bill, or or my dinner is shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or my room is shit. <laughs> yeah. Or the, you yeah. know, it's like diva shit. Give yeah. a fuck, you know. It's about the music because, mm -hmm. like, you know, we it's it's as everybody knows and everybody's heard it a million times. The arts in general, music, it's bigger than all of us. And not just about the music, but the people and the experience that it affords you. Whether you're a punter or a player, it's well, cheesy, but there is something about. I'm not a religious person, but there's something about that element of like when you're at a show, it's a communal moment that exists in that time and then it's gone. But for that one moment, 100%. you're all there and you're like, bliss. Ah, that's that, why it's that's tough. It it's tough to get things back together. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, over years because people grow, not necessarily just grow apart, but they grow, you know, they either grow or they don't as players and things and you know what I mean it's like it's not it's not good or bad it's just that you're not everybody is Nothing no longer on same. that same path on that taking that in that same lane you know they've everybody's veered yep and it's hard to wrangle it's hard to wrangle you know it's like hurting. and that's true of relationships and friendships and yeah. everything it's not just bad we all know yeah. what that's like trying to get back with an ex-girlfriend you know it's just like yeah this Re is never going to work recapture that old yeah. magic that once <laughs> was like, but I mean you know and, and again it's it it was a magical time as cheesy as that sounds and again i would something i would never have changed for the world you know i mean dude usually i do an hour we're at an hour now 
I could talk to you forever. You don't really tour the UK with the Bronx, do you? That's the great shame well, for me. Well, I, I have. I was over there the last. Are you going to be coming over last. anytime soon? So here's the thing: I've never seen you play with them before. And last you didn't night, see it last night, no, last night was my first time. Oh, cool. Ever like I love Dave, and Dave's an incredible love drummer, my buddy Dave. and we've toured loads, and I've spent loads of time with him. He's but my brother. I've always wanted to see you do your thing, and last night was my first time, and I was just in awe of the. Like the Bronx thing is about speed, power, like aggression, but groove. Yeah. And you're a fucking perfect fit oh, in thank that you. dynamic. Thank um, you. If you ever do get to the UK with them, I will. I will need be to there. do a part two. Absolutely. There's so much other stuff that I want to talk to you about. One hundred percent, man. My pleasure, and thank you for having me. I, and of course, the Bronx are my brothers, and it's where I am now, and. It's what I love, and I'm having a fucking great time. Are you on the new record with them? I am. Fucking A. I am. They're my boys. They're my boys. Shout out to Joby for sorting this out as well. Hey, Joby has been like the middleman for the last yeah, two days. Joby's, every couple of hours. He's the I'm man. Like, hey, Joby, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. He's the best. Dude, um, the reason I like doing these is because you just get to know people in a bit more of like a... It's like speed dating. Sure. The way I look at it often is like, you know, you can do a 10-date tour with someone and you'll exchange short little like pleasantries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you sit down for an hour and you go, well, boom then it's like right I just jump enough. in it right I hope you enjoyed it too man I did, and thank brother. you so thank much thank you very much big up we'll right. do part two again right, right absolutely Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.